This is the Negro League Podcast with Preach James. Gentlemen, this is the Negro League Podcast. I go by the name of Preach Jacobs. Thank you all for listening. We are sponsored by Mo Better Soul Clothing. Go to MoBetterSoul.BigCartel.com. Enter the code NEGRO to save 10% on your next bleepity bleepling order. Usually I would say the word completely, but I was uh, asked as a favor by this guest that I have on the show to kind of keep all the bad words to a minimum because we might be using this for something. <laughs> this is a return guest. I think this is probably the first time I had a return guest on this show. Um, say something to the people. Hello, how you doing? Who is you? I am Andrew Gadgetar. You need to talk a little bit louder than that, man. You're loud behind. I am Andrew Gadgetar. Let me turn your mic up. I mean, I'm a, I can edit in post, but quit trying to be cute, man. I'm talking normal. Uh, you talk okay now. I, now I see you loading up. You know all that that uh, silky hair. You trying to be cute all the time, man. We got stuff to do. We got stuff to talk about. Um, <laughs> it's been a while since we had you on here, man. So uh, tell us about what you've been working on and what's coming up this month in Columbia, South Carolina area. Well, uh, been super busy, but. Um as of late, we have been working on our first annual uh, Freedom Festival, International Film Festival. We're going to be showcasing about 51 films. Uh, we got a screenwriting competition, and um, it's going to be over a span of, what, four days from August 22nd to the uh, 25th? Word. Yep. It's, it's, I mean, it's going to be an exciting event. But where's it going to be held at? It's going to be at TAPS Art Center um, on Main Street. For the people in Columbia, South Carolina, we'll put a link um, on the Negro League uh, site and page on all the podcast platforms that we're using for you to click tickets, click for tickets and all that good stuff. Uh, is there a website? A quick one? I don't know yes. website where you got like the, 30, <laughs> 30, know, 30 slashes in it. It's, it's uh, freedomfestfilm.com. Bong. Get your tickets on there. We'll put the link on there as well to all our two listeners. Hopefully, uh, you get two more ticket sales. Mama, buy a <laughs> ticket. Uh, <laughs> right? So, outside of that, like, uh, tell us about some of the films you got going on um, that's well, going to be in the festival. To be completely honest with you, the, the, the central focus of the festival, the theme of the festival is it's all about freedom. It's about the freedom of inclusion, the freedom of artistic expression, and stuff like that, and, and we want to represent as many underrepresented groups as we possibly can, but also highlight the achievements and the, um, you know, the life of some of the documentaries that are shown. We got some amazing films from like seven different countries. That's awesome. It's, it's, it's crazy. I mean, it, it takes a lot for me to get emotional, but I mean, I've gotten emotional watching some of these films. And we got some um, some judges, and we got some you know celebrity judges, and people that are involved with the festival that um, are really well known in the industry that are going to be coming and doing like panel discussions, and um, we're going to have some press that's coming from New York that's going to be there, um, just just doing a wonderful job of of um, uplifting the community and bringing light to Columbia and, and uh, the art community. 
As a musician, I always like talk to like other musicians about the difficulty about being like an independent artist mm-hmm. and and how frustrating it is. What are some of the and this is like something I really don't know much of because I never made a film, but what are some of the pros and cons working on films in a city like Columbia? Oh, that's actually an easy one. The fact that we are a blip <laughs> in the grand scheme of things. Like we 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 have locations, we have beautiful scenery. It's um it's not a lot of red tape you have to go through uh, to make film in South Carolina. Mm. Um, you know, we have, we're, our, our neighboring states are, you know, highlighting our, our big highlights in the, in the film industry of North Carolina, like Wilmington, and then you got, like, Georgia and Atlanta and stuff like that. So people usually leave South Carolina to go, quote-unquote, make it somewhere else. So doing film in South Carolina is, is still, is still, an, uh, is still growing, there's mm-hmm. a lot of growth to be had here in South Carolina. You were talking to me before about um, uh, investing in this city specifically and, and not wanting to run away from the city. Is is there a particular reason why you want to stay in Columbia for the most part and do films? Absolutely. Um, I mean, like, even being in New York, I mean, there's competition everywhere. Not only is there competition everywhere, but the cost of living down here is extremely low. Mm. Um, the accessibility and, um, you know, I mean, I'm, I ra- I'm raising my kids here. You know, there's no, there's, for me, I'm in my comfort zone. And yeah. this is where my dreams were built. So I have, I feel no need in, you know, creating my dreams here and then going somewhere else to, to build on those dreams when I can do that right here in my home state. Well, I guess, like, also speaking from a musician perspective, there's so many people that's from Columbia that they just feel like they, they got to get out of the city in order for stuff to work. Like, you see, yeah. you know, artists like uh, Toro Moi, who's from here, from Columbia, but, like, if there was a feeling that he had to go to the West Coast to kind of, like, really, really blow up and do his thing. Because I think a lot of times, someone said this, and I thought it was really interesting, where they said that a lot of times in your hometown it's difficult to have the respect that you want and need. It's because in your hometown people see you build up to the person that you were. So like if you if you're doing some art or you're doing some music or or you're doing film, someone can always say, Man, I remember that dude when he had braces. I remember yeah. that dude when he was a yeah. fat little kid. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Whereas if you move somewhere else as an adult, you're the person that you're supposed to be there. You yeah, know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. Like like I can move to New York and I'll be the grown up preach. Yeah. And so the person that I'm projecting, that's the person they're going to see. And so people always assume that just going somewhere is going to be better, but really it's just a reference point. It's just it that, is, it you is. know, they got nothing to compare that to. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're right. You're right. So and see, like for me, like I, I feel like a lot of that has to do with, with time. And mm-hmm. like for me, I'm, I've, I've come in, I've come to a realization that doing things um, outside of the state you know, I, I, it's good for networking, but bringing that attention back here and just taking my time to grow slowly is what's actually been making it work well for me, at least for us and, my, and our company. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we, have no, we have no problem with, with slow growth as long as it's, you know, um, progressive, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, and productive the entire time. So that's, that's, our, whole, that's our whole thing. Like, we just, we just want to take our time and do it right and along the journey you know people have been recognizing us people have been joining our you know our our um our strides and, and walking walking the path with us so i like to keep it like that what's the the, the last uh, film that you put out was shenanigans yes what's next film wise yeah 
I'm, 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 I think I said it before the last time when I was here, but um, I, I want to write all the as many genres as I possibly can. And so the next one, that <laughs> porno. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the, the next one, the next one that um that I plan on writing is um I'm gonna attack the horror the horror scene. Horror scene. So it is a horror. Horno. Oh horror. All right. Okay. Yeah, horror. we edit this one Yeah, I want to finally do uh, a horror <laughs> film, and we already we actually have our main our main character already. Um, and and the synopsis. We just, you know, we're just we're just putting it on pause right now until after the festival. You know, it's funny because like every so often, I often find myself like bringing references of old stories to my grandmother, <laughs> and this is one where uh, my grandmother visited my parents, and she's sitting down in one of these recliners, and and she's watching TV, and she's like trying to ask us to find something on the television. And she says to my mom, my mom, she said, "Baby, uh, what's the show with the whores?" We're like, what? The whores, the whores. We're like, what are you talking about? She's like, the people with the dirty houses. We're like, oh, hoarders. Because <laughs> 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 like, I to say, Grant, if you want to show us some whores, I can, I can show it to you, you know? Who's <laughs> like freaking out? Like, what are you talking about? So, yeah. So, every time I see hoarders, that's what I think about, you know? Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> But that is like I don't know. That's that's kind of depressing. Television watching. It's like I just want to see people whose house is so messy that they can't get their lives together. Right? Throw it away. Throw it away. Yeah. Right. Why do you need this pizza box from the seventies? You usually got a whole bunch of cats. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh man. That's that should be one of the genres you should do like documentaries about like. Hoarders or whores. Well, if it's good enough to have a TV show, about oh, it, it might be dope. oh, what about whore hoarders? Uh oh, <laughs> uh oh. Combine the genres now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh man. I mean, there's a Sharknado Part Five. I think whore hoarders. <laughs> For real. You know what I'm saying? You could have a whore hoarders. <laughs> I mean, I ain't cussing, but I don't know how clean this is, what you need, so I'm no, sorry. You're good. <laughs> you're good. You're good. I'm no, trying. You're good. No, you're good. You're good. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, oh, man. So tell us the process of, of from beginning to end, um, like something like Shenanigans. You know, you get the idea. How long does it take to write it? How long does it take to do the casting, the production? Let me let me and, and our two listeners know about the process of putting like a, a full length film together. I know this sounds. I know this sounds probably silly or or unbelievable, but so far, um, the films that I've written, I've had dreams about them. Mm. Like I've like I'll have a I'll have an idea. Of something that of an of some sort of issue or some sort of, you know, just basic idea of a film, and then you know once I have it in my mind, I kind of I kind of think about some of the research that I, I put into uh, researching the topic itself, mm-hmm. and then um, and I sleep on it, and then it's just it consumes my thoughts, and then when I usually it's it's happened where I've, I've woken up and I pretty much have the entire outline of the film already like in my head, okay. so when I sit down and write it. It's usually uh, done fairly quickly. Like I'll write a sixty or seventy page script in like a week. Really? <laughs> yeah, I wrote like both, like What Matters and um, Shenanigans. I think, I think I wrote both of them in like maybe a week each time. And um, the with our with our company, we actually have a, we we we're pretty much comfortable with our um, filming process as far as our production goes. We're still, you know, we still. We still got a few kinks that we we you know we learn from every each experience that we have, um, but generally speaking, we have a um, 
it's like a fine oil machine now. I mean, we we're pretty effective and efficient when we um, when we're filming. Well, what's your what's your intention, right? Because like another local filmmaker, like I've had conversations with with uh, David Axe, and he said mm-hmm. that his goal is to shoot a movie a year. Are you trying to be that Two. ambitious, or or what's no, what's your goal? Faith, Faith um, a business partner, she would say uh, one a year. One a but year. I, but I, I like to do two a year. I would like to do two a year. What's the, what's the pros and cons of that? Do you feel like um, you, it's sort of like hip hop with mixtapes? You got to keep like putting shit out, or do you feel like you know, um, you know? Well, again, for me, it's a it's a um, for me it's a healing process too. Because mm-hmm. you know, like with me being like me having like PTSD and stuff like that, like writing and consuming my time with these projects, it's really therapeutic for me. It keeps me busy. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it's it's um and I love it. I mean I love it. it. It's it's good to push the things that we have. Like right now we're we're gonna be sitting on all the other stuff that we have already accomplished, and we're trying to push that you know that content out. So that's a process all on its own. So with the next film that we do, it's going to be, if later on in the year, of 2020, then yeah, it'll be late in the year. And that, that'll probably be just one film next year. Well, but, well, how do you, but how do you finance that? Like, like to, the, to the people that's out there that's like trying to get into filmmaking. The like, same well, way that all of them do it. Out of our crack, own huh? pockets. Oh, okay. But that's, but that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> out, of our own, but, out of our own pockets but, but, and whatever community involvement we can get. But that's, well, that's what I'm saying. That's why I'm asking about like the, the process because some people will say, you know, all right, let me put something out once a year, once a year. And some people might say, let me just do one and then push yeah. the hell out of it. You know, yeah. In the in the past, I mean, you know, you 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 scrape up whatever change you got. You do a, a crowdfunding campaigns, and you know, you you ask your friends and family for support and stuff like that. Uh, but one thing that we've learned, uh, even even to this day, that we've learned is that basically, there's no again, there's nothing wrong with taking your time. And so the next film that we do, we're gonna make sure that we save. Like we save and prepare for it financially too. It's like it's one thing being prepared for it, like technicality wise. Mm-hmm. You know, with all we got all that straightened out. Like we know, we know how we film. We know the process and everything else. But and this is actually kind of important to to, to speak about because a lot of filmmakers feel that that need to get it done. Yeah. But it's like at the end of the day, there's nothing wrong with taking your time, like saving the money, having an actual budget. And then allocating those funds properly, you know what I'm saying. And so that's what we we've learned throughout time. And and, and um, we already have content to push, so you know we we don't we don't necessarily have to like be doing this scraping money out of our pockets every single time. Like we could just take our time and do it right. And that's what we plan on doing in the future. What um what has been motivating you as a filmmaker? Like, what have you been watching? Like, what have you seen from a directing and acting perspective where you're like, I, this is, this is motivating me. So I actually, I do two things. I have, I have two sources of my motivation for everything. Um, I drive a lot during the week, uh, for my mother, uh, and her business. And I'd be going out of town all the time. Mm. And so while I'm on the road, um, that's like when I'm most, mostly creative and I'm thinking about new ideas and everything else. Um, but as far as, uh, creatively, I combine all of that innovation with the fact that I go to the movies probably almost every few days. So have you seen Once Upon a Time? Yes. Ah, 
your thoughts. Yes, love it. Right. Love it, love it. I mean, it, it's probably would be a little harder for people to understand if they don't understand the referencing throughout the entire film. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I loved it. I mean, well, Quentin Tarantino's a genius. Here's what we're going to do. <laughs> right now, at 15 minutes and 33 seconds, I'm going to announce uh, spoilers. Spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. So... <laughs> <laughs> So first and foremost, all right. Some of the some of the heat in the movie was getting was uh, the Bruce Lee. Um, no. Uh, so how did you feel about that? I loved it. Okay. Let me tell you why. And I'm actually part of the martial arts community. So let me let me say this about that. All right. So we have this we have this image of Bruce Lee. Mm-hmm. He's the untouchable and this, that, and the third. You know that 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 feed that fed into his ego and everything else. But the reality of it is is that there were people that he's encountered in his life that beat him in certain aspects or they beat him some some sort of way. Like, he wasn't unbeatable in anything. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, I'm, and I'm, I was glad that they touched on that and in, and in the, his response to it, you know what I'm saying, where he's like, he didn't actually beat me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But it's like, we saw that. Yeah. And that's, that's um, some stuff that was forgotten through time. Um, when it comes to Bruce Lee, because people, oh no, he didn't. No, well, that's the, true. there was um, there's a story that I heard about this afterwards. Well, first and foremost, his uh, his his Bruce's daughter and wife were really kind of frustrated about the portrayal in the movie. Yeah. And like I said, like you know, I can't I can't get mad because you know that's you know that's their blood. You know what I mean? Yeah. But there's a story that I heard that was kind of similar to how the the film was, where uh, I think the first year of uh, Green Hornet. Mm-hmm. There was supposed to be a crossover episode of the show where Green Hornet was supposed to um, cross over with Batman, mm-hmm. and they got the script to Bruce. And in the script, it supposedly said that Robin beats up um, the Green Hornet character. I forgot Bruce's name on the show. I forgot his name on the show. I need to look that shit up. But um, hold on, we're we, we gonna wait so I can figure this out because it's driving me. Kato, I think his name Kato. Anyways, so so in the script, Robin was supposed to beat up Bruce Lee's character, Kato. Mm. They said that they could hear Bruce Lee in his trailer. Oh, I was about to cuss. Breaking everything. <laughs> cussing. And was like, there's no bleeping way that I'm going to lose to bleeping Robin. And <laughs> yeah. so like he, he got so frustrated and angry about it that the way they did it in the script was they made it uh, uh, turn out to be a draw. <laughs> so that so yeah, it was like like Bruce wasn't gonna lose. Like that was a yeah, big deal. Yeah. Which funny enough, uh we were just talking about the the, the Calvin and Hobbes, <laughs> the, yeah, the yeah, Hobbes and right. Shaw movie, where I haven't seen it, but you've seen it. But there was like yeah. stories coming out about that where where The Rock and, and, and Jason Statham, um, they have stuff in their contracts that say like, yo, you can't lose a fight. Um there's only so many hits that they can take in the face, all that type of stuff. So it's like yeah. it's this really, really orchestrated thing um to protect you know the characters that they have in it, so I thought that was really, really interesting. And then, and again, that's that's something that um, once upon a time in Hollywood did too. Like they like it was that's great. that's why I bring it up because because it, it was a draw because it, it was a draw. You know yeah, what I mean? Like yeah. even even on the on the um, stuntman and and double perspective, you know the the action double and stuff like that. Like these are things. These are stories that never really get told. Mm-hmm. Like there's so many people that put their lives on the line in the background. And you never really get to hear about him. And this, the way that it was portrayed in this film, I mean, it was from from um, 
from every single character in there, they, they, they touched on the film industry as a whole, even down to that little girl saying, you know, the difference between uh, being portrayed as an actor or actress. That was the best acting that I've ever seen yeah. in my life. Yeah, it's like, it's like, you know, like, these are things that, that are issues yeah. in, the, in the film community that well, people talk about all the time. Side note, you know how that little girl was supposed to be, supposed to be playing? A young Meryl Streep. Oh really? Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, like, that was just so like that wasn't her name in the movie, but like I was reading some stuff and they were saying that that's who that girl was supposed to be. Oh wow! Yeah. <laughs> see, I, see, I keep learning something new about it. I done seen it three times. Well, that's I've not. Seen it three my times. man got nine hours out of his life. That's what's up, man. You know, <laughs> for real. I mean, the funny thing about the movie was, I think about two hours in, I was just like, I still don't know what this movie is about. You know what I mean? But I just knew that the gruesomeness was coming because it's, yeah, it's a Tarantino yeah. movie. So you just knew it was coming. Only thing I, only thing I was just saying to myself was like, man, I just hope that uh, Brad's character doesn't get killed. Like that's all I was just yeah, saying. Like yeah. I was just like, I just, I hope was biting my nails yeah. the whole time the first time I saw it. I mean, it was crazy tension in the movie. Like when yeah, he was. went to the um, the farm. Uh, 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 you know, oh, the, yeah. the, you know that that and that was a, the real farm that that Manson had his his followers on the farm. Yeah. The guy that played the old man, Bruce Dern, um, he took over that role because uh, what's McCall was supposed to play? Burton Reynolds was supposed to play that role, but he died. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, also, the little girl or the girl that was in the house that said that she was. Uh, bleeping the old man and he's tired. It's about Dakota That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I first saw it, I was, I was like, like wait a Dakota minute. <laughs> like, 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 man uh, on man. fire? You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. Like, yo, it's like, so that, that whole thing is weird. And then, like, some reason Lena Dunham was in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> and you see that whole, uh, the whole controversy of uh, Lena trying to kiss Brad? No. All I right. See that. So I'm going to show you the picture. And it became like this big deal where they were doing this. Um, one of these like screenings for the movie, and there's this picture of her trying to kiss Brad Pitt, <laughs> and like Brad clearly. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Faith, have you seen this? Uh, so, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's so, hilarious. That is hilarious. Yeah, so, so there's this thing where they were on the red carpet. Where it was like she tries to kiss him and he's just like he's not with it. And then she makes some tweet where she was just like, Oh my gosh, my life is so great. I get to go to work in a moo um, pretend to be in a Manson family. Oh, and I get to flirt with Brad Pitt. And somebody was just basically somebody said, if some guy tried to kiss Lena Dunham on a red carpet and she didn't want it, it'd be a three thousand word essay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh but yeah, she she annoys me. Ugh, I hated that show, girls. I mean, I don't get no subject, but oh boy, I hated that show, girls. I hated girls. Yeah, seriously. Oh my gosh. Um, what's the? Uh, what are you looking for? Looking up. No, I was trying to um, look up uh, the other girl that was in it um, because I I know the um, she's been getting a lot of praise. Uh, Annie McDowell's daughter. Okay, let me see. Oh, oh, hold yeah. on, hold on. Uh oh, something something just came our way. We're going to stop and take a look at this right quick. Hold on. We just got the trailer for the new Dolomite movie starring Eddie Murphy. So hold on. We about to hold on. Oh, all right. We took a break. Y'all know we took a break. We watched a new trailer for the Dolomite movie that is coming out, which, by the way, is a great mother effing. Uh, you know how hard it is not to cuss. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's a bleepity bleeping great segue to something that I got going on. Um, doing a black exploitation 
film series at the Nickelodeon Theater in Columbia, South Carolina. It's going to be called Super Soul Cinema. Um, August 23rd, it's going to be in the middle of uh, your film series that you got going on with TAPS, but there's a way that we're going to find a collaborative effort to do some things together. Well, we're, on, we're on the whole block. So it's, yeah. it's, it's on the same block. All as on Main taps. Street. All so, on Main yeah, Street. The, the the festival itself is you know people come in and out watching movies. They don't. They're not going to be sitting there watching movies the whole time. We got like you know we got uh, seminars and stuff like that, and then we have mixers after the at the end of each day. So you know it's it's, it's a great a great location with a lot of great surrounding businesses. Uh, to include your event that's going on uh, roughly at the same time at the end of one of the days. Well, listen, August twenty third is also my birthday, so y'all please show up. Also, Got this to. too. Got also, to. also this too, man. I, I can't stress this enough. The engagements that we have with this show on Facebook, and this is something else I kind of want to touch on with this city. You know, we have tons of engagements. We have over two hundred engagements, which means that people say, "Oh, either we showing up or we're interested." Um, but I need y'all to buy tickets. And I think a lot of times people just assume they can just show up to the door. But there's something about being able to have the 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 stability of the venue knowing that people are coming. Because when I get messages from the theater and they basically like, ah, only a few tickets are sold. I don't want to be yeah. I don't want to be racist and saying, you know, my people show up the last minute. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, I know how people operate, right? If the smallest thing happens, you haven't bought your tickets yet, you just gonna stay home. Like if it rains a little bit and you ain't bought your tickets yet. Yeah, just stay yeah. home. But if you buy your tickets in advance, it start raining. You can be like, baby, put on a house coat. Oh, not a house coat. Put on a raincoat. We going. <laughs> Shoot, I spent $15. <laughs> but <laughs> but the, that's one of the things that I've gone through as a programmer here and as a, a programmer that does a lot of black programming or just being a programmer in the city that's black. There's always this feeling of I have to dance with my supper where it's like, People might be open to letting you have an idea, but you have to knock it out of the park to get another yeah, opportunity. Yeah. Do you experience anything Every like that? Every single time. Yeah. Like the the with shenanigans, we actually had the entire theater mm-hmm. uh, reserved in advance uh, because you know we we prepared to have a full theater. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I say theater, I mean all the auditoriums in the entire theater. But um, <clears throat> again, people have to let people buy things at the last minute. <clears throat> And um, at the end of the day, it's like, you know, I'm, we're grateful for the support. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, it, it, at the end of the day, for me, it's, you know, it's healthy. Go, entertaining yourself or going out and being entertained, you know, and for to support the community and entertain yourself, like, that's healthy, man. It's putting on a smile. Put, you know, going out there and supporting your, put, supporting your fellow man. So at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's, it's common. Yeah. It's common. And people, people go out the last minute and they, and they, um, you know, oh, I guess you know. Well, what are we gonna do? What are we gonna do tonight? And what else is going on? And they, you know, what I'm saying. So they, they, they decide at the last moment. Well, you know, the other thing too about it is, is that I think it's, I think in order for something to be, um, a, a community to to be prevalent and to thrive, you have to have an opportunity to fail. And what I mean by that is, you know, the reason why I'm kind of fascinated with the black exploitation movies mm-hmm. is that they're not good. A lot of them aren't good, but yeah. to me, the historical significance aren't the movies being good. The historical significance is these were the first times you would see black directors, yeah, black are, producers, yeah. black gaffes. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. so you see a generation of people trying to figure it out, whereas this level of when you're trying to figure stuff out, you have the room to fail and and 
and know you'll have another opportunity. Where a lot of times what I think ends up happening with black programming um, here in the South or specifically in this city is that if something doesn't go great or go as well as it should go, then that's going to be the last time you're going to be working at that venue. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. Where where a lot of other entities have the ability to say, well, you know what? You know, the turnout wasn't that great because of the weather or because of the USC game. They'll they'll be able yeah, to help yeah, out yeah. with some of the you know the reasons, and you'll always have another opportunity. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So there's yeah. always that level of of wanting to feel like it's like being in a marriage and thinking that the first fight you get into, she's going to divorce you. You, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, like yeah. There has to be a level of like, we can have a disagreement and I don't have to be afraid that you're going to leave me every time you know this, you know know the toilet seat's left up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the last time <laughs> my butt's going to fall in that water. It's over. You know, <laughs> right? <laughs> I think like we, it's, it's, it's a, I love how the art community is here though. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's, it's because we're all doing the same thing. Like we're all trying to bring attention to the art community here in one, one shape, form or fashion, you know? So we, we do support each other behind, behind the closed doors. We do try to support each other at least, you know? So we, they open up these spaces for us to actually have our shows, have our things going on. And it's up to us to actually push it. But at the same time, you know, it, it, you have to start somewhere and I know a lot of businesses, like, when we were looking for sponsors, anytime we look for sponsors and stuff, that's the first thing that comes out of their mouth. Like, they want to see numbers. Mm-hmm. Like, what have you done in the past? What have you, you know, what successful things have y'all done in the past that, you know, we can guarantee that it's going to bring us business? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, that's, you know, a lot of people want to see that, but, you know, you still have to start somewhere. Well, the reality of it is, is that a lot of times I feel like a lot of these places um, they don't want to deal with us as much as they should, or as much as they, you know, if they're if there's something that's supposed to be available to the community, I yeah. think that, you know, they begrudgingly allow people to do stuff, right? Where they're basically like, all right, I guess we'll let you come in here, and then if it doesn't work out, they can wash their hands up and be like, oh, well, see, we we we, we tried to, to yeah, do this yeah. this black exploitation thing, but it didn't work, so yeah, so yeah. we tried. So you can't yeah. accuse us of anything, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then you got uh, others that mess it up for other people too. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Sad, sadly, sadly enough, I mean, I've dealt with that too. Where, you know, we we were trying to use a location one time for, or when we were starting um, our nonprofit, mm-hmm. and this was a few years back, and we were looking for locations, and it's like somebody already did something there, and they tried to to introduce the same thing, but it did they. The way that they handled it was all wrong, and it, it just painted a bad light for them to let somebody else come in and do the same thing. Yeah, you know, and it, and, it's, and it sucks because you have other people that genuinely have prepared or genuinely have a product that they can really help, you know, push out there that people can really like um, to benefit the community and stuff like that. But it just messes everybody else up, and then of course there's that doubt, and of course there's the the reality of, you know, when you walk into a room. Who's going to respect you, and is that person critical or make make actual decisions or not? And if they do, are they going to decide on you? And it's like the reality of it is, a lot of times you have to fight for it. But what's your what's your game plan? Like what's like you know best not best case scenario, but like if everything goes the way you want it, what's what's the next steps that you have? As far as the our business, yeah, the business, well, the filming, yeah, we with. The biggest thing that we're trying to do right now that we've been working on, we actually made the announcement um, last month uh, with our last CFN meeting, uh, is that we're actually in the process right now of uh, developing our own distribution line. 
Word. for independent filmmakers, and that's for all independent filmmakers, where they actually can uh, submit their films to be um, commercially, theatrically distri- distributed in select theaters on the East Coast. Right. And we have right now we have like I want to say eight to ten theaters um, all up and down the East Coast from Maine all the way down uh, down here to South Carolina. All right. Well, that's fucking freaking dope. <laughs> <laughs> but I hate you, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like it's it's we're we're what the things that we're doing at the like I said at the end of the day, we do it because we love it. But we also really, really want to provide opportunities for people, and that is the biggest thing that we are trying to do. We are we already established the fact that we are uh, getting ready to start building our uh, film our major film studio. Um, and that's just right outside of Columbia and Cassett. Oh, word. So that's that's the the next big big step, but that's gonna take some that's gonna take some time. But um, we already have the property and everything else. But as far as the uh, the business is concerned, that can really do things for um for filmmakers, which because you know this this provides opportunities for filmmakers, for a filmmaker to to be to get an opportunity for awards or to be you know to be part of the PGA or to to get to get to get a certain types of accreditation like this opens up those type of opportunities like to do a a sag film you know all these things like they have to be shown in a commercial theatrical uh, theater mm-hmm. they have to be shown there and if they're not shown there you're not even eligible so that's that's these provide that's what the doing this distribution line will provide is those opportunities at the same time making dreams come true because at the end of the day that's what all of us want we want to see our films on the big screen. We want everybody to see our films. So it's one thing going to a whole bunch of different film festivals. You gain a community of people that are already frequent film festivals. But what about the the average person in the home? You know, that's that's what we want. We want everybody to support our films. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, um, before we go, fill us mm-hmm. in and everything that we need to promote, everything I need to blast, everything I need to push, because, um, you know, a brother kind of needs some coffee, um, because since y'all showed up, y'all ain't bring me no coffee, and I feel <laughs> really, really disappointed in that. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. But <laughs> yeah, Faith punching you in the back. What do you have to say? So, we, we just wanted to say that we're getting ready to uh, launch the, um, with the film festival, we have other little events that are within it. Okay. So, we have a scavenger hunt that's getting ready to come out. Uh, with the scavenger hunt, uh, basically what it is is that you get a clue that, that kicks it off, and the clues are going to be based on different films. And the answer to the clue is going to be a, the – so you have a riddle. You answer the riddle. The answer to the riddle is the clue to the next location. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> so, and, at, and at the end of it, you'll end up um, – the last clue, of course, is going to end up – uh, somewhere that's directly related to the festival. Um, I don't want to give anything away, but um, but yeah, you can follow us on Facebook at um, was it is it Freedom Festival International? So Freedom Festival International on social media, and um, again freedomfestfilm.com, and um, and get your tickets. The links are right there. You can go to Taps Art Center, um, go on their website and look at their uh, events on their events page, and it's already on there. And again, that's the August 22nd through the 25th. And the the way the structure is going to be, we have a kickoff uh, concert on the 22nd, that Thursday evening, uh, torch lighting ceremony that Friday morning, and then we kick off watching all these films. Like, imagine how much money you spend on going to see one movie, and now multiply that times 50, 
So it's like, <laughs> there's 50-something movies that you're watching from people that are going to be there. So you get to actually see these directors, producers, and actors and all of that, like right there to meet them and everything else, and all for much less than what you would be paying for in a theater. Well, that's dope, man. Um, I really do need some coffee. Um, I was like, <laughs> yes, like let's, seriously, let's I, 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 I got, I got and I'm out now, so yeah, let's get. Some. <laughs> all right, well, that's all right. So, um, so once again, we're gonna put all that stuff uh, in the link when you guys are listening to the podcast. Please tell them your your Instagram, your Facebook, all your personal stuff. I'm about to spell it out. Oh Jesus, and, yeah. <laughs> I'm Andrew Gadgetar. Um, you can stop. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew Gadgetar is G A J. A-D-H-A-R. And you can look up andrewgadgetar.com. I have that now. It's right. cool. So andrewgadgetar.com. You can Google Andrew Gadgetar. You'll see all the different links. Uh, PictureMediaGroup.com. Carolina Film Network. NPO.org. AmericanPitFighting.com. And PMG Studios. Is it PMGStudios.com? Okay, it's not running yet. So, but yeah, that's it. Well, for the listeners that's trying to figure out how to spell Andrew's last name, all you got to do is close your eyes and just smack your keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> and whatever random letters show up, that's more than likely his last name. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> wow. Smack the keyboard. Yeah. There you go. There you go. His, his website is com, right? Um, ladies and gentlemen, this is an Eagle League podcast. We are sponsored by Mobile Soul clothing go to mobitasoul.bigcartel enter in the code negro to save 10% on your next order we also have super soul cinema film series we're going to be showcasing the film super soul brother it's going to be the first film that we have it's going to be august 23rd you can go to all of my personal pages which is under preach jacobs or mobitasoul on instagram to find the link but you can also go to nickelodeon.org please 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 get advanced tickets we also going to give surprises and gifts to people that get advanced tickets so if you get them and we can see that you got them and all the people that i know that y'all be sending me messages on email like oh yeah i bought tickets no you didn't because i get a notification anytime <laughs> one of y'all buy a ticket y'all ain't buy none of them tickets but i'm too nice to tell you that i know you're full of so please <laughs> buy a ticket because it's gonna be my birthday and i'm swear i don't want to have my 36th birthday in a room that holds 100 people and only 12 of y'all show up if i want to be depressed on my birthday i'll just do what i did when i turned 35 <laughs> mm. Maybe I, I should edit that. But anyways. I will be there. You will be there? I will be there. Yeah, because yeah, he bought his ticket, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. He, he didn't. But um, I will be there. <laughs> get my ticket. <laughs> you just want to, like, as soon as you buy a ticket, you're going to randomly get a text message. Like, Man, thanks, brother. <laughs> you'll like, you be, like, be like, why is he saying thanks? Like, oh, he, yeah. he gets a notification. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So as of now, I've only sent, like, four thank you brothers, two thank you brothers to, to some people out there. So, um, you know, mama, you said you was getting a ticket. You ain't got it. I'm playing. I ain't going to try it for mama. But, um, yeah, that's about it. Uh, I need some coffee. Please uh, support these people and what they're doing, what they got going on, because we always got, you know what I'm saying? We're trying to keep dope stuff and dope art going on in the city. Once again, mobetasoul.bigcartel.com. Enter in code Negro to save 10%. We're also sponsored by Tussie. Tussie, Tussie, who? Thank you guys for listening. It's an Eagle League podcast. Peace.